into A to Z Sports Primetime on a Monday night. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com, your dream address without the stress. The official real estate agent of the Titans and the Preds is found at GaryAshton.com. Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com is where you go for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac is the best in the business. And Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, the best place for you to look for your next new or pre-owned vehicle. You can build your new Ford at Two Rivers Ford with the Built For You program today. TwoRiversFord.com is where you go for that. So, now that we are officially into draft week, Thursday night at 7 p.m., the first round will get underway. And there's a lot of different stuff to this that is going to make the first round, not just for the Tennessee Titans, but just the first round in general, really interesting television. I think that the drama that we are going to see is going to break down in a couple of different ways. And we will approach this from a variety of different angles tonight. But something that John Robinson said last week really caught my attention And I think that's the place that we need to start. So we'll start with your Two Rivers Ford take, if you would uh, be so kind. In the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, let me know how you feel about this situation. Would you rather the Titans trade up or back in this year's NFL draft? Let me know. Up or back, which direction would you prefer them go, understanding that there will be uh, a number of things that have to happen before you can make that determination. Uh, Steve Roberts says, "Wonder who's starting shit today." It's you know, it's been a pretty, it's been a pretty low key day, to be honest with you, Steve. I uh, I have not seen anything hugely inflammatory. I've not seen anything you know that has deeply offended the Titans fan base on the internet. You know, no Ryan Tannehill sponsored Celsius posts to make you all lose your minds. Uh, I think it's been pretty. Uh, I think it's been pretty reserved as far as that's concerned. But let's focus on the draft and the com- and the topic at hand. Would you rather the Titans trade up or back in this year's NFL draft? You guys let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and we will discuss it together right after I tell you about the people who make your Two Rivers Ford take possible. That, of course, is Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford has the Built For You program that allows you to build any new Ford vehicle any customizable accessories, in any color that you choose. They will build that car for you, whichever car that you design yourself, and they will deliver it right to your door. That's the kind of customer service and quality that you can expect at Two Rivers Ford. Their non-commissioned sales staff will put zero pressure on you throughout the course of the car buying experience, whether it's the Built For You program that you choose to do, or you go and check out one of the largest selections in the state of quality American-made Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, up or back is the question in the NFL draft. Because 26th overall, there are some complications with it, right? One, you understand that there are a, a fair amount of draft prospects. In fact, I think the greatest place, uh, the greatest places of depth in this draft align very well with the Titans' needs. Now, how this thing ends up breaking out is a different matter entirely because, of course, we remember you have a 26th rounder 
which is basically a second round pick. You do not have a second round pick in this year's second round. So you will have to rely on your third round pick to have an impact and for it to come at a position of need. And for, you know, in theory, no unexpected runs to take place. This is, it's, it's a pretty delicate balance that the Tennessee Titans are going to need to have. And, you know, as you guys file in here and you say trade back, uh, Titan Fox, Matthew Williamson says trade back. Mike Hobbs says trade up, depending on what the position of need is there, Mike. I think if there's a quarterback that you like or if, you, you know, the one wide receiver that you absolutely must have is within your grasp, maybe five or four picks ahead of you, maybe you make a move. Uh, trade back or stay. Don't trade up. According to Mark Jones, Stephen King on YouTube says, beep, beep, back her up as far as the first round is concerned. So, you know, I'm looking at this and, and we brought this up with John Robinson on when or on Thursday when last we spoke to him and Mike Vrabel, their pre-draft press conference. And of course, I'll be hunkered down at the facility um, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we will have several more opportunities to speak with John about draft strategy as the rounds play out. But I thought John's response to a question about moving around this year was particularly telling because there are some complications with the idea of trading back. The problem is nobody seems to want to trade up this year. Not having a second round pick right now, does that make it harder to maneuver and uh, get where you need to go? Um, potentially, you know, there's, there's creative ways that, that you can, you know, strategize and try to gain draft capital. Um, you know, whether it's sliding back from where we're at, uh, whether it's involving, you know, future picks, you know, in next year or the following year, you know, there's ways to kind of put things together to try to put yourself in position to get the player you want. So John there is discussing, you know, to have to have potentially no second round. Well, they don't have a second round pick, so that can provide some potential complications because you're trying to package things, right? And I don't, I really don't expect them to be able to move back this year in a meaningful way. I think there's a lot of different elements to this that you have to discuss. Number one, who would come up who needs a quarterback at this point? to kind of thing, see how things play out. Now, I've pulled up the NFL draft order uh, for the first round just to kind of give you an idea of what lies there. So behind the Tennessee Titans, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Green Bay Packers, the Chiefs have the next two picks at 29 and 30, Cincinnati, and then Detroit, who has the 32nd overall selection from the Los Angeles Rams this year. Now, Detroit is the only one of those teams that needs a quarterback and where they address the quarterback situation is going to be pretty curious, right? When we talk about the quarterback draft in the next segment, I think there's a number of uh, variables that you have to keep an account for. The first is Baker Mayfield, right? Carolina has seemed loath, but because of a lack of options, they seem to come around a little bit on the idea that trading for Baker Mayfield may make the most sense. Although I did see a tweet from Rap, uh, Ian Rappaport today talking about the idea that they will not trade for Baker Mayfield prior to the first round on Thursday night. So I think they want to kind of see how things break for them before they give up draft capital 
to go and get a quarterback who they already have discussed or uh, at least leaked their lack of interest in. Outside of that, as we go through the process of this, we know that the Steelers need a quarterback. The Saints need a quarterback, but I don't, it doesn't seem like this is, that's the reason why they traded up in this year's draft. The rest of the board at this point, it's pretty sparse as far as teams and needs. Seattle, reportedly, according to Peter King, is trying to move out of the top 10. They sit at number nine, probably because they think that they can get a one of these quarterbacks later and can accumulate draft capital. John Schneider in Seattle does not I mean this is the first time that he's had a pick in the top 14 since his first year on the job. You've got the teams in the top five and none of whom need a quarterback with the exception of maybe the New York Giants, the Jags. Uh, we, we discussed the Lions at number two. The Jags, the Texans, the Jets are one, two, and four at this point, and none of those teams uh, need a uh, one, three, and four, rather. Forgive me, Houston is picking three. Those teams don't seem to be interested in the quarterback, and certainly not with the third overall pick for the case of the Houston Texans, who seem to want to kind of roll the dice with Davis Mills and also did not trade for Baker Mayfield as a part of the Deshaun Watson package. So there's a number of variables that you need to account for that are going to potentially complicate a move. I would say that the most likely scenario at this point is for them to stand pat. Now, how we how we see this thing play out, we will not know until Thursday night. They will not know until Thursday night. And in the, that's the reality of the situation for a team who picks in the mid to low 20s almost every year, right? John Robinson, the last time that they had, well, Jeffrey Simmons was 19th. Um, in the first round, three years ago today, actually, in the uh, Nashville NFL draft that took place three years ago uh, on April the 25th. So happy draft anniversary, the most successful draft in NFL history. Happy happy anniversary to us as the city of Nashville for pulling off uh, one of the best drafts as far as entertainment and visuals are concerned, and certainly the best draft that the Tennessee Titans have had in the last couple of years. Outside of that, you know, I mean, Corey Davis and Adoree Jackson were both top 20 picks. Corey was the fifth overall pick and Adoree, I want to say was either 18 or 19. If memory serves, you go on and look at Jack Conklin, who was a top 10 pick, or I guess that was the draft before Jack Conklin was a top 10 pick. But since then they haven't really been anywhere where there are instant impact players immediately in the first round, right? 26, 24, 22, These are players who are not necessarily immediate impact, but who you do expect to be starters of some consequence. And frankly, who you do expect to make it to a second contract, which none of John Robinson's first round draft picks to date have been able to do. So at this point, I expect them to hold Pat as far as the 26th overall selection is concerned. Where if they, if an opportunity manifests to trade up, we will see what that actual cost is takes place. Uh, they traded up to get Conklin. That wasn't their original draft spot yet, but Jeff, they the, the, the trade up for Conklin wasn't their original draft spot either. If you'll recall, they had the number one overall pick that year, and that pick was the, uh, they traded, they did a deal for multiple draft picks to get out of the first round, to move back into the first round, and then they did again trade up into the first round to take Jack Conklin 
as a top 10 pick, but they did have the first overall selection, which ended up turning into Jared Goff. And that trade manifested, um, you know, Kevin Dodd, which wasn't ideal. Jack Conklin, who was a good player and has been uh, more than serviceable in Cleveland. Austin Johnson, who is getting paid $7 million a year to play defensive tackle for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers in a way that is inexplicable. And then the third of those second round picks was, of course, one Derrick Henry, who I think makes up for a lot of the holes that that draft class may otherwise had. So as you sit here, I don't think that there's going to be much movement as far as trading back in the first round is concerned. Again, we will have to see how this situation plays out for the Tennessee Titans and how, you know, basically the first 20 picks play out before things kind of evolve in a way that uh, that shows us that shows us more a, a more clear direction for them, right? Because right now, you know, we know what their needs are. They wouldn't know what their needs are, and they know the players that they like and that they don't like. But as far as direction is concerned, no, you have to wait until that takes place on Thursday night to be able to discern all of that. Uh, Laurel Company on Facebook, or rather on YouTube, says, like the video and good job reporting again, Buck. Yes, be like Laurel Company. Go ahead and throw a like on that YouTube video if you would be so kind, and then tell a friend that they need to be subscribed to the A to Z Sports YouTube channel because there's a lot of good stuff to be found there. William Young asks, are any fans meeting up in Vegas for the draft? I live here and would like to see other Titans fans. Uh, yeah, communicate with one each other, one another in the uh, in the comment section if you uh, like. I know William's on YouTube, and I, I imagine you guys can only see the comments for the particular platform that you're on as opposed to my screen, which shows all four of the streaming section comments in one bar. But yeah, if you uh, if you guys are communicating with one another and want to see, uh, want to get together as Titans fans in Las Vegas for your attendance, I believe um, I believe that uh, that Zach Bingham is going to be in Las Vegas. That is the plan as it stands right now, along with, uh, I can't remember who else is going with Zach out to Las Vegas, but it will be good coverage and good content that they will provide in Vegas. And perhaps you will be able to uh, meet up with Zach, in some form or fashion. Uh, Gabrielle or Gabriel Pil uh, Pilcher? Pilcher? Either way. Uh, your haircut is a good thing to be found here. I haven't had a haircut in two weeks. So, you know, that means that I'm doing a good job keeping up with it myself. I do. I do tend to trim, uh, keep uh, keep things a little tight because I go about two, uh, two weeks at a time oh, bef between haircuts. But, yeah, I haven't had a haircut in a while, Gabriel. So, thank you. For uh, thank you for comment or complimenting the job that I'm doing myself to kind of keep things in order as far as the flow is concerned. All right, let's uh, let's discuss the quarterback draft because this is going to be something that potentially the Tennessee Titans are going to be impacted by. Uh, in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, the question that I would like to ask you is this: How many quarterbacks do you think will be drafted? in the first round this year. You'll recall that last year's draft had five first-round selections, and this is regarded as uh, a weaker class, though there are, uh, <laughs> though there are, um, you know, it seems to be a bit of uh, momentum in the direction of the quarterbacks, as there typically does as teams start to get desperate and scouts start lying to media members about who they like and who they don't like and why they don't like them to hope that they can tank a poor young man's draft stock and perhaps get that quarterback to fall to their team. How many first round draft picks will there be or uh, at the quarterback position? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And while you do that, I will tell you about our friends 
at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com is where you go for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac has you covered. They're the best in the business. That is for certain. Brymac will put you in your comfort zone as we start to get into the warmer weather. You want to make sure you're cool. You want to make sure you're comfortable. Brymac has you covered, whether it's commercial or residential. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. So, how many quarterbacks will go in the first round this year? Ronnie Sneed says four. For Scott on Facebook Live, it's three. Faz on YouTube uh, echoes that sentiment. He believes, or she believes, forgive me. Either way, it does not is not discernible by your uh, profile picture or by your name, frankly. But either way, three is the consensus between Scott and Faz on YouTube. For Derek R., he thinks that it'll be, it'll be the three will be Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and Sam Howe, which would be a bit of an upset at this point. Um, Sam Howell, I think, has more limitations than the other quarterbacks, whether that be Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, or Malik Willis. But, you know, stranger things have happened, and certainly uh, there are teams who value his skill set at this point. I I thought it was interesting because I was watching television this morning, and Tom Pelissero was on Good Morning Football reporting live from Las Vegas. And I want you to hear what Tom has said about the quarterback situation because it sounds like there could be some action around that particular position. Tom, I, we got to talk about these quarterbacks. We've got Matt Castle here on the show, and in the first hour we're doing flips talking about them all. But the here that we're hearing is that this isn't the same quarterback class as last year. So what do you think happens, and how many do you think actually come off the board in round one? Peter, there's not that clear-cut front-line guy. There's not a Trevor Lawrence or even a Kyler Murray who's emerged as the clear number one overall pick. But certainly, there's a lot of developmental talent, and who people like depends on who you talk to. Let's start out with Malik Willis from Liberty. He's the guy that multiple coaches told me is the only quarterback in this class with true NFL traits because of the big arm, the running ability. He played in a simplistic offense at Liberty like some of these other quarterbacks did, but certainly they feel like this is a guy who's going to be able to learn. He's got the upside. If you need somebody to play right now, it's Pitts Kenny Pickett. But the question on him is just the arm talent, whether or not you've got that elite trait that you can fall back upon, whether he's going to get a whole lot better than he was last season when he had an awfully good breakout season. Then late in round one, several general managers I've spoken to in the past few days believe we could get a run on some of those other quarterbacks, whether it's Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, maybe even Matt Corral. There's a couple of factors here. For one, there's a bunch of teams at the top of the second round that all need a quarterback. If you move into the first, not only do you leapfrog the Lions, who are a threat to take one at number 32, but you also get the financial advantages of having the fifth-year option. If you've identified one of those guys and they slip to an area you think you can go get them, it would not surprise anybody if we see one or more trades back into the first to grab a QB, guys. So now Pelissero is saying something, um, saying something as far as, you know, trading back into the first round. And again, that depends on how the quarterback situation breaks. As of right now, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot of movement, but if teams get desperate for all the reasons that he just laid out, in fact, uh, the the reasons that Tom just laid out there as far as the finance, the finances are concerned, and for teams who are have the rosters built around them, I think it very much makes sense for the Tennessee Titans to take a quarterback. Whether they do it or not, I'm inclined to say no, but there's no way to possibly predict that at this point. It would just be, you know, gut feeling, not any kind of reporting 
Um, you know, I, obviously I talk to people about this kind of stuff, but there's not, there's nothing there that would sway me definitively one way or the other, if they are going to take a quarterback or they are not going to take a quarterback, but it makes a lot of sense from the standpoint of the Tennessee Titans because of that financial element. Cost control is going to be critical for them moving forward. Ryan Tannehill is going to be expensive. Uh, well, he is expensive now. He's going to be expensive next year as well. Derrick Henry will also be expensive. So you have to be thinking about ways to replace both of those players in more economical circumstances. From my standpoint, though, I would say I bet that four quarterbacks go in the first round. I Because people are asking, you know, Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell, I can't speak for other teams, right? I know what quarterbacks' skill sets fit the Titan system, and I think Desmond Ritter is probably the best fit of all of the guys. Um, you know, if Malik Willis is there, obviously he would be tough to pass up by any stretch of the imagination. But um, as far as the guys who are more feasible, because it seems like Malik Willis may be a quarterback who goes a lot earlier, Desmond Ritter is the player that I think would be a curiosity if he was sitting there in the mid to late 20s. Now, Brad on Facebook Live asks, what's the negative about Ritter? Well, the negative is, I mean, it is a it is a fairly concerning negative. It's accuracy. Accuracy is the major issue for Desmond Ritter at this point. He has a tendency to be erratic, um, whether that's when he's getting pressured on the inside and he tends to sail him, whether that's a footwork situation. He's got an elongated delivery that causes some of the accuracy issues that we are discussing. But the larger point is it is an accuracy issue, and that is something that will need to be cleaned up. That is not something that I think you can thrust him into the lineup right away and have that make a substantial impact one way or the other. You know, it's it's a pretty damning thing to say, what's your drawback? Well, you know, the drawback is accuracy. But at this point, uh, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, that's your, Jeff Robert says, uh, I don't know if Jeff is talking to me or Jeff's talking to somebody else, but he says, that's your opinion for he, for me. He's my favorite quarterback and the one I think will do the best out of all the quarterbacks. Well, don't know that Jeff is uh, interacting with me on that. Oh, Malik Willis um, is who he is saying. I think he's interacting with somebody else. In the comment section, if he's there at like 15 or 16, uh, he would want the Titans to trade up for Willis. Depends what it costs, right? It's all a matter of cost, and we would only be doing hypotheticals at this point as far as that's concerned. But yeah, I, uh, I, don't, look at, uh, I don't look at any of these guys as transcendent, but what I do look at them as economical. And if you can build the right team around them and, and refine some of the issues or bring along some of the developmental traits, I think that is at the point where, uh, I think that is at the point where you're kind of looking at this and saying, okay, then, then it starts to make, make sense. Uh, Brad says, don't we already have that problem? No, Tannehill's accuracy is honestly not an issue. Um, not, not even remotely Tannehill's accuracy has never been something that has been, uh, hugely in question. Like, and I know how, you know, I'm sure somebody's going to scream at me. Well, you idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. He threw three interceptions in a playoff game. Again, go look at the, go look at the interceptions. We've talked about this before. First one play design. Pretty sure the second, uh, I'm pretty sure the second interception was the trip, the tip drill. Um, well, let me, let me run through them in my head. So you've got the one on the first play of the Titans offensive series, right into the gut of Jesse Bates, no backside route to pull the safety. So that, that one, we chalk up to play design. That's not an accuracy issue. The second interception, I believe was the tip drill at the goal line. 
um, by the corner who read the blitz or who uh, who identified where Tannehill was going after Tannehill tried to identify the blitz. And then the third one was just, frankly, him forcing it. Um, accuracy. Uh, but even even then, like, he he knew where the ball was going. Like, we all knew where the ball was going. The problem is it just it wasn't a good decision, and it ended up also being tipped up in uh, into the hands of uh into the hands of the defender so i mean accuracy is not accuracy is not a concern um with ryan Tannehill. decision making is a different question right those are those are two those are two very different um different ways to analyze the position but yeah accuracy is not something i'm ever i've ever been worried about with ryan Tannehill. and in fact i think he's above average as far as that is, is concerned and you look no further than the rope of a touchdown that he threw to aj brown in that playoff game um, that he has done many, many times before. Uh, everyone expecting quarterbacks to be perfect. Mahomes, Allen, and Watson had faults. If a good team gets a decent prospect, he has a way better chance to become a decent quarterback than the pick number one pick going to a bad team. That's from Spurs Rule on YouTube, and that's honestly uh, Spurs Rule. I don't, I don't have any awards to give you. I can't. Uh, I don't know that there's a way producer Reed to like give him a you know a gold star for great participation and great commentary this evening, but that's probably the best comment that we're going to get um, tonight. And I'll, I'll summarize it even further. Geography matters the most out of any of this. Geography matters the most. Where these guys land matters the most. The fit, the team, the structure, the stability, geography is what matters the most as far as these draft picks are concerned. Everything else, there are a lot of variables, a lot of things that you cannot control throughout the course of the draft process. But to go to a good team rather than to go to a shitty team at the top of the draft order um, does make a substantial amount of difference. And if they feel, and I think everybody feels pretty confident, given that the fact that not only do you have the coach of the year on your roster, even if there are substantial questions about the offensive coordinator here in Tennessee, I think you feel pretty good about Pat O'Hara's ability with the quarterbacks as their quarterback. Oh, there is a way to give him a gold star. How'd you do that, Reed? What the hell is that? I just now noticed that. Now, that doesn't show up on the screen for them, but I can see it on my end. That's pretty interesting. Producer Reed working magic from behind the scenes. I, again, it's it's uh, it may, maybe just magic for Reed and I because apparently you can't see that. It is there. So you've, you've been awarded a gold star. Uh, I award you no points and may God have mercy on yourself. Isn't that the line from Happy Gilmore? All right. Um, so let's move on and let's talk about what the draft coverage will look like because it is going to look substantially different and something to keep in mind. Let me ask you this question on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, because there was some unfortunate news um, that came out today, and, and uh, certainly we wish Kirk Herbstreet a swift and uh, and easy recovery from his current medical situation that he's dealing with, and I'll, I'll have Kirk tell you that in his own words rather than um, have it come out of my mouth. Instead, the question that I want to ask you is this, how different is the NFL draft going to feel without Mel Kuyper Jr.? Adam Schefter, who is also not going to be in, in attendance, and Kirk Herbstreit, all three of ESPN's premier talent, uh, some of the some of the best and most well-compensated talent that ESPN has. How different is the NFL draft going to feel without Mel Kuyper Jr., Adam Schefter, and Kirk Herbstreit live at the event? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. You'll hear from Kirk Herbstreit as to why he will not be in attendance here in just a second, right after I tell you about our friends at Brimac, at rather at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for the number one Remax team in the world, not just in the state of Tennessee, 
not just in the United States of America, but the best REMAX team, the number one REMAX team on the planet. This is why the Ashton team is the best at what they do. They go about their business first and foremost focused on your needs, whether you need your dream address without the stress and all the things that come into that process for you, or whether you need to sell your home for more in this fantastic seller's market here in Middle Tennessee. Gary Ashton and his team will have you covered as the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans, of the Nashville Predators, and of me. I bought my home through the Ashton team, and all it has done has uh, skyrocketed as far as my property value is concerned. Bless you, Gary Ashton, and the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage for making me all kinds of money as far as my home equity is concerned. They can do the same for you at GaryAshton.com. So, how will it feel to not have Adam Schefter, Mel Kuyper Jr., and Kirk Herbstreet in attendance at the NFL Draft? Now, I had Charles Davis on my radio show today, and it was a great interview. I invite all of you to go check it out. Um, the podcast, uh, if you miss any of the interviews that we do, is called the uh, Buck Rising Show, if you go and uh, sign up to get the podcast on a regular basis. Um, uh, make sure you leave us a lovely five-star rating and review, as well as all of the A to Z sports podcasts that are being produced as well. But Schefter is not going to be there, uh, not for disciplinary reasons. His son is graduating. I can't remember if it's high school or college, but he's going to be in attendance for his son's graduation. And also, you know, it gives, uh, gives ESPN the opportunity to kind of get him out of the spotlight for a little bit, given that Adam Schefter has had a considerable amount of heat on him um, in the last calendar year, basically, basically for the last full year, right? Because the last draft that we all did was in Cleveland, and that was where he broke the news that wasn't really source-based reporting that ad, that and ended up being accurate, uh, but at Aaron Rodgers, like he did the whole thing on the draft set on Thursday night of the draft that Aaron Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay, and that was the there were questions about the reporting around that that kind of started this snowball thing for Schefter. So um, without Kuyper, without Schefter, and without Kirk Herbstreit, it's going to have a different feel. Now, Kuyper's still going to be a part of the coverage. He is going to be uh, coming in virtually for this because Mel is unvaccinated for medical reasons, and so he will not be able to participate um, as a part of Disney's health and safety protocols. But for Kirk Herbstreit, his situation is also medically related. And because Kirk Herbstreit shared his, this himself, you know, we were comfortable sharing the video um, that Kirk put out on his social channels earlier today. Hey guys, big week with the NFL draft out in Las Vegas. Always one of my favorite events of the year. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be able to, uh, to come out to Vegas and be a part of this year's coverage. Uh, doctors have recently found a blood clot in my system. And so um, very fortunate to have really good doctors who I trust. I feel good, uh, but out of an abundance of caution, uh, I think I'm just going to take a step back from this year's draft coverage. We still have a great team out in Vegas with uh, ABC and ESPN. Uh, unfortunately, I just won't be with them in a this year's event. Uh, like I said, I love the draft. I wa love watching the players, their stories, uh, the coverage of it, watching the families, the emotions that come with it. Uh, and I'm just sad I will not be able to be out there. But I will be watching like everybody else. Look forward to seeing all the different storylines unfold. Um, but uh, I will see you guys at next year's draft, and uh, you guys have a great week, and I just wanted to fill you in on uh, why I will not be out there at the draft this year. Take so that's Kirk Herbstreet on his, uh, on his, I believe that was his Twitter account. I'm, I imagine he put it out on other social channels 
as well. But unfortunately, as Kirk said, they they discovered a blood clot and he seems to be in, in good condition. Although, you know, flying is not good if you have blood clots, right? If you'll remember Chris Bosch, the reason that he had to retire while he was with the Miami Heat. Um, now, he is a, he's a different size of a human being and that tends to be a bit of an issue when it comes to the medicals uh, as far as that's concerned. But air travel is not good for blood clots, just on principle. I'm not a doctor, but I do know that. And, you know, Kirk is somebody, he's the only person at ESPN who still who gets use, regular use of a private jet because of his need to be on the set for game day and then on the site of the ABC uh, College Football Game of the Week. So as he recovers, of course, we keep uh, him as a uh, as a Nashville uh, local. We keep Kirk and his family in our thoughts at this time and uh, and wish him a speedy recovery as he uh, as he goes through that process together because he's got a lot more he's going to be doing a lot more flying if he's calling Thursday night games this year as well which uh you know it's a lot of money that they're paying Kirk but you at some point you have to consider you know that's a that's a pretty substantial impact on your lifestyle especially if air travel is going to exacerbate a problem that we hope that we hope has a resolution uh here in short order but at any case uh this will be different now there will be, you know, the same bells and whistles, ABC, ESPN, NFL Network, Titans Radio is going to have spectacular draft coverage on Thursday and Friday night. Um, I know that they are going to be at the Grand Hyatt in downtown Nashville, Coach Mack and Mike Keith and the whole crew doing the broadcast. And um, you have a situation, uh, you have a situation on Friday night where they're going to be broadcasting the second and third rounds of the NFL draft from the West Club at Nissan Stadium. So Titans radio coverage will be alive and well. I'm going to be at the facility, so I'll be providing some insights and analysis for the A to Z. Reed, if we, uh, producer Reed, shake your, uh, give me a head nod if we've announced our draft plans um, at this point on A to Z. Do we have any idea whether that has happened yet? Oh, that's not helpful, Reed. That was like a back and forth, like up and down nod in the, he's in the background. You guys can't see him, but I can see him. Anyway, so apparently then, I don't know that that's public knowledge, so let me shut up and let, Austin and Zach uh, announce the A to Z Sports Digital Network draft plans at a later date, potentially, if they have not done that already, other than Zach's going to be in Vegas. But um, there will be other options for you. It'll just have a different feel, right? And, you know, Kuiper will be able to do his thing. Um, I'm sure there will be some some kinks to it because he'll be on remote, but I think Mel's been doing this thing remote for the past two years, so it won't be all that different. And um, you know, the only thing that's going to make this different is you're going to, you know, you're going to notice the absence of some of the best in the business between Schefter and um, Schefter and Herb Street. And so uh, for, you know, it's good that Schefter is doing uh, is fine. I'm sure there's not many moments in Schefter's professional career where things like that have won out over work, given the kind of hell that working uh, in the profession that Adam Schefter does, especially covering all 32 teams, as well as the uh, the business of the league as a newsbreaker i'm sure that family obligations don't win out very often so good on him for getting to spend time with his family and um and now as far as that is concerned um as far as that is concerned uh herb street will just you know you'll just be thinking about him and and to hope he gets better but uh there will be plenty of draft content and conversation the the more the more interesting thing there is you know obviously the the wellness of uh of herb street as far as all that goes because that's you know that matters far more than a bunch of dudes are going to get their names read and go and play professional football although that is a pretty big deal if you're the guy's getting picked to go play the professional football and make potentially generational wealth uh william young says buck 
exclamation point. Twitter is now for freedom of speech. So you can say prayers too now. What do you mean Twitter is now for freedom of speech? Um, I mean, you've always been able to say stupid shit on Twitter. What do you mean? There's, there's nothing, there's something changed. Oh, Elon, that, that got accepted today, right? I, uh, I had forgotten about that. Oh, well, I mean, Elon's saying that's not anything different than what Twitter was doing before. You still log on there, say some stupid shit, log off. And if they block your account, then you start a burner like all these trolls. Elon's not doing anything different than Twitter, freedom of speech. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. If um, Oh, and he says I can say prayers now. Well, I mean, listen, if you're going to nitpick uh, thoughts and prayers, whatever. Um, you know, if you want to send prayers, you send prayers. If you want to send thoughts, send thoughts. No, but no judgment either way. I don't care what you send, just as long as it's good vibes towards Kirk Herb Street. And like Elon's got nothing to do with religion. <laughs> I uh, freedom of speech on Twitter. I uh, I honestly the uh, I think I, if Elon if the only thing I want from Elon is for him to blow up Twitter, that would give me. You know that I spent it's the off season. I got a screen time report from my phone the other day. There's it's coming off the slowest times in the NFL calendar. And I'm averaging about 12 and a half hours a day on my phone. And that's in the downtime. So if Elon wanted to do anybody a favor, freedom of speech, whatever, Elon Musk, just blow the whole thing up. Be done with it. Pay pay the $48 billion uh, that you like and and send the thing into the sun on a, on a SpaceX rocket, um, you know, with Pete Davidson and Michael Strahan on the next uh, SpaceX flight. Elon coming for YouTube and Facebook next. Well, you know, like I said, as whatever Elon does, it's his money. He does what he likes, clearly. Um, and I'm sure that's, uh, I'm sure it's a hugely lucrative business to be in the business of Elon Musk. But uh, whatever he does, I just hope he's productive with it. And I can think of a million different things that are more productive than him buying Twitter um, for some kind of, for, for what? What is Elon Musk going to do that's changing Twitter? It's just, there's nothing there that's going to change. It's still going to be a, it's going to, it's still going to be a special kind of a hellhole. Uh, and all, so, so maybe William, if you want to send prayers anywhere, send prayers to Twitter because Twitter is going to be, Twitter is literally the spawn of Satan anyway. Um, so perhaps a, uh, cleanse, whatever, whatever your religious denomination is concerned, um, or whatever higher power you, uh, you have faith and believe in. Perhaps, uh, you know, pray to your higher powers or sacrifice a goat or whatever you do as far as your religious denominations are concerned and hope that uh, Elon Musk just banishes Twitter because that would make us all uh, much better societally. But I'm sure that's not what's going to happen at all. Uh, Titan Fox says Elon has a plan to make a $100 billion advertising industry. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a big, he's a big thinker, right? He's got, uh, he's got all kinds of, uh, otherworldly, literally otherworldly aspirations. So, if, um, he's hugely successful at what he does. And if Elon Musk can find a way to monetize Twitter in ways that Twitter has not been able to monetize Twitter, then good on Elon. But like, that's going to make any difference. And what's he going to do with a hundred billion dollars that he makes off Twitter? Just, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, let's wrap things up on a Monday night. Good show. Radio show tomorrow. Going to be a lot of fun. We're jam-packed and loaded. We've got uh, Nashville SC CEO Ian Ayer because they'll open up their home stadium. Geodas Park, the first home game in the history of uh, of uh, Nashville SC at Geodas Park will take place. So we will have the CEO of the Nashville Soccer Club on the radio show tomorrow. Our buddy Mike Giardi from the NFL Network. He will be embedded in the Jets draft war room, which sounds like a particular kind of hell in and of itself, maybe not Twitter hell, but uh, certainly something uh, something of the like. 
Giardi will be on the radio show. And then I believe we have Shio Kapati of The Athletic, who is one of the f- foremost NFL analysts that we have. So it'll be a lot of fun. We hope you guys can join us from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. And uh, if not, we'll do this again tomorrow night on A to Z Sports Prime Time. And we will see you guys then. <laughs>